Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Becky Brown. I'm one of the associate pastors here at First United Methodist Church in Waynesville, North Carolina. You're about to listen to the sermon from worship this week. You can also watch this service online through our YouTube channel. You can just search FUMC Waynesville on YouTube or join us in person at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. every Sunday. Thanks for listening, and we hope this sermon challenges, inspires, and invigorates your faith. May God bless you. They called it Mountain Goat Hard, but it was too late. I was already locked in. Runner number seven. The Blue Ridge Relay is a 208-mile relay race through the Blue Ridge Mountains. It starts at the Grayson Highlands State Park in Virginia, and it ends at the Highland Brewing Company in Asheville. Uh, It was crazy. Uh, Ted and Austin and Ben invited me to be a part of their team. Um, It's a a 12-person team. And so uh, we had two of the vans from our church six runners in in each van and it's a relay race from start to finish and so um, with with a a 12-person team there are 36 transition state stations which means that each runner uh, gets to run three legs Um, I was runner number seven my first leg it was it was uh, pretty easy Um, and pretty flat. In, in fact, uh, I, I think it was probably the, the, the easiest uh, leg of the, of the whole race, possibly. Uh, it was 2.3 miles. Uh, it was all flat. Uh, and it was rated easy uh, from the, the old uh, winery barn or the barn winery to Bethel Methodist Church. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. They rate the legs um, easy, moderate, hard, very hard, or mountain goat hard. It was 6.7 miles and it was straight up. Like, I've never walked anything that steep, much less run anything that steep. Like, I felt muscles in my legs that I didn't know existed. Uh, They were screaming. Of course, I was out of breath. And the worst part of it was, I knew that my team was coming in the van. Like the way it works is you're all there together for the, for the passing of the, of the baton. And once the, the runner who's just finished running is ready, they get in the van and they go to the next transition statement. So I knew they were going to be passing me at any time. And I knew they were going to see me struggling. And I didn't want to let my team down. But then I start the self-talk, you know, like, this is impossible. Nobody can run up this thing. I, I heard her coming. And I, I turned slightly, and there she is. She blows by me, like as if I was standing still. And she's older than me. And she's smiling. And she waves. And she says, hang in there. <laughs> like, that wasn't helpful. It was awful. Um, the uphill. It was a beast. Well, my second leg of the whole thing, uh, it was at midnight. I crawled out of my sleeping bag in the floorboard of the van. I put on my shoes. I put on my headlamp. I, I, I put on uh, the, ref- the reflector vest, and I took off into the night. And it was amazing. 
running into the dark, you, hearing the, the night sounds. Sometimes there was a little bit of a, a fear, like, is a car gonna come? Probably not at midnight. Is a bear gonna come out of the woods and get me? I don't know, but it was all downhill. It was sweet downhill. You know, the ups and downs of a road race, um, it's pretty predictable. You, you kind of know what's coming. But the ups and downs of life, they're not so predictable. And sometimes the downhill is a good bit harder. So in our story today from the Bible, Jesus takes three of his disciples up the mountain. Tradition holds that it was uh, Mount Tabor, uh, which is in central Galilee. And, you know, I, I've heard tell that uh, pilgrims who go to the Holy Land uh, that, that want to go up to the Mount of Transfiguration, where it's traditionally thought to be held, um, they have to get out of the bus. At some point on the way up to Mount Tabor, they have to get out of the bus and, and take a taxi. And, and uh, the taxi will take you the, the short rest of the distance up to the top. Well, N.T. Wright says, uh, jokingly, that um, God is very pleased with the, the taxi drivers who go up and down Mount Tabor because more prayers are said in the back seat of the taxi cab as they're going up and down these harrowing narrow roads than, than at any time in the rest of the day or for, or for the week, that, for that matter. Some think that maybe it was Mount Hermon. It's possible that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up Mount Hermon because um, it's a, a more remote, inaccessible place um, in Caesarea Philippi, or at least near there. And that's where like, the previous conversation in, in the biblical story is, is held. Uh, they say that from either location, from the top of Mount Tabor or the top of Mount Hermon, like uh, Galilee just kind of stretches out uh, and that it's stunning. I, I imagine that whichever mountain it was, um, that it, it was probably a, a challenging climb to the top. Probably either one. Uh, they were out of breath, uh, their muscles were screaming. Um, but you know, what happened at the top? They would have totally forgotten about any aching muscles although it probably would have taken their breath away. Like, Jesus starts glowing. In fact, his whole body radiated the glory of God because his clothes be became like lightning. His face shone like the sun. And Moses and Elijah showed up. And then God speaks from the, from the cloud. It's crazy. And Matthew tells us, all the gospel writers tell us, that uh, they, were, they were terrified. And they just, they just dropped to the ground in fear. But this experience, uh, this in encounter on top of the mountain, like all of a sudden, even though it was dramatic, even though it was scary, even though it just went beyond anything they had ever experienced, things became dramatically clear. Now all of a sudden, they could see it. Now all of a sudden, they could feel it. Everything that Jesus had said to them about who He was, about the kingdom of God, 
even the, the declaration that, that Peter had made just six days prior to this moment, now there was no doubt. It affirmed it. Like Jesus was the Son of the living God. Like everything from, from Moses to Elijah, the, the law and the prophets, like it was, it was being fulfilled like right then, in, in that moment. And you know that had to be such an amazing spiritual experience, an encounter with God. And Peter, he just wants to stay there. And so he's like, let's just build some tents and let's just stay here. And Jesus says, no, we, we've got to go down. And oh, by the way, he says, don't say anything about any of this until after my death and resurrection. And so they knew it was going to be a downhill climb. February is Black History Month. So I wanted to, to illustrate the point with Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, speech that he made uh, at the March on Washington. It was the I Have a Dream speech. Uh, it was August the 28th, 1963. Uh, he stood on the steps in Abraham Lincoln's shadow and he addressed the, the issues of, of segregation, and there were many, um, uh, poverty, uh, police brutality, uh, voting rights. Uh, he stood on the steps in the shadow of Abraham Lincoln and he said, I have a dream. And it was the American dream uh, that all men are created equal, that all have the, the same opportunity and, and, and equal access to, to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Like he could see it up there. He could feel it. And there was this, this hope burning inside of him, this hope for uh, a future uh, where all people could be free. I want to just read you the, the, the part about the mountains. So he said, so, so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And when this happens, he said, we will speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and, and Catholics, We'll be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. And all of those people that were gathered there in that mall, thousands of them, he led every one of them up that mountain. And, and they could see it. They could feel it. There was this hope burning inside of them. But you know, they couldn't stay there. They had to go down. Like when, when, when Jesus and his disciples came down from that mountain, like 
There were demons that needed to be addressed. There was darkness that, that needed to be challenged. Uh, there was injustice that needed to be made right. It was less than three weeks after the I Have a Dream speech in Birmingham, Alabama, September the 15th, 1963, uh, was the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing where those young girls were killed by white supremacist terrorists. It was less than two years later, March the 7th, 1965, when the nonviolent march uh, in Selma, Alabama, across the Edmund Pettus Ridge, ended in such violence and bloodshed that it's called Bloody Sunday. It was a few short years after that, April 4, 1968, that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And we know from all that's happened these last few years, like, there's still a lot of work to do before that dream in the shadow of Abraham Lincoln, uh, before that will come true. You know, Jesus invites us to the top of the mountain. We're stirred to this thing called worship. We're drawn to the presence of the Lord. And we've got to have the courage uh, to, to climb that mountain. Uh, sometimes we don't really want to. We don't know what God might reveal about God's self or what God might reveal about me. But this is the thing. On top of the mountain, uh, we began to see things more clearly. We can see it. We, we can feel it. A hope begins to, to stir and to burn inside of us because we know that we've been made free. We know that, that we're new creatures. We know that God is real and we hear this voice of God uh, calling us to, to this great thing. We have this vision and it could be about so many things. About my life and my calling and my job and my marriage and my community. Um, you know, sometimes I'm a lot like Peter, and maybe you are too. Like, I want to build a tent and just stay there. I just want to stay there. It's such a, it's such a beautiful place, and it's such a, a beautiful moment when everything becomes more clear, and we know that God is real. Um, but, but we can't stay there. Um, I have to turn around. I have to go down. Because if I don't, the dream will never come true. Uh, Heidi Newmark said, living high up in the rarefied air isn't the point of transfiguration. It was never meant as a private experience of spirituality removed from the public square. It was a vision to carry us down, a glimpse of unimagined possibility at ground level. My prayer for us today is that God will help us climb. Amen.